0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have a special guest today. Her name is Sharika Gibson. She is a mother of four young children, a two-time certified life coach who specializes in PPD, which is postpartum depression, and PPND, paternal postnatal depression. Chirica is a content creator known for her catchy reels title, Repeat After Me. She is a co-author of the number one Amazon best-selling author, Dear Superwoman. She loves the Lord Jesus Christ and is currently writing another book. Chirica is also the CEO and founder of the nonprofit ministry Love Letters for the Lost. Cherika, I am so happy you are here today. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Of course. Yes, we were just talking earlier about, you know, how how the enemy likes to come sometimes when we're trying to do some powerful things here so we can give the message across to a lot of people. (laughs) I want to (laughs) hear... And I'm just like, you know what, good. We're going to have a great podcast no matter what. So we're just going Let to give are. it our best. And you know what? I love you, and thank you so much for coming on today. And <laughs> I just wanted to talk and like learn about you because you are okay. doing some amazing things. And I just want to know a little bit about your background and okay. how you became a coach and how you became a follower of Jesus.
1: Okay. Um, so first of all, um, my background is I'm the youngest of four children. And, um, <clears throat> my mother raised us by herself pretty much. Uh, she did have, you know, people that she dated on and off, but, uh, for me, they weren't really like, you know, father material, uh, in my mind, they just kind of wanted to be with my mother. So that left her often just taking care of us, you know, on her own. Uh, she didn't really get to rely much on, um, family members. You know, I don't think they intentionally meant to be that way, but you know how life is. Sometimes we get caught up in our own things and, you know, you don't think always, you know, maybe this person needs help with that, or, you know, maybe I should call this person and see how they're doing or, you know, things like that. I grew up in a very small town uh called Merritt Island. And when I say it, people are always like, eh, what's that? Um, but we're really close to the space center, like literally a pin drop from, uh, the space center. And, uh, you know, I did grow up seeing a lot of craziness in my house. I won't get into that. We'll save it for the book. (laughs) But, um, you know, I always knew that I wanted better for my life. And I always knew in the back of my mind, like, um, this wasn't going to be it for me. But, um, like you said with the enemy, you know, he plays with your mind. And I went through a lot of warfare. And I didn't even know that I was going through warfare at that time. You know, I loved the Lord, but I did not feel worthy of him. So even though looking back now, there was so many signs that he was trying to get me and he was reaching for me and just loving me. Um, I was so stuck in my own thought processes about, you know, being failure, you know, not being good enough, you know, um, like who would really want to deal with me type of attitude, um, that I often got into relationships that were not meaningful. Um, sometimes you pour all of yourself into people and you love them and they don't really love you back the way you think you, you know, they are and, um, you know, very toxic, unhealthy situations. Um, and so as I got older, you know, I, I always had long relationships, don't get me wrong. Like anyone I was dating or seeing last 10 years or better. <laughs> it's, it's just so odd. But um, I honestly, looking back now, think that it was more of sometimes you fight for something more than you probably should. You know what I'm saying? And so um, instead of letting things go, I would say, hey, you know, we can do this. Let's give it another go. There was that life coach in me. And, um, you know, they, they would, you know, work it out with me. And then I started understanding that there was parts of me that were, um, mimicking my upbringing, the things that I saw that weren't healthy, like someone, um, putting up with more than they should, you know, physical, emotional, uh, mental abuse, things of that nature. And, um it wasn't until recently that I said to myself, like, why did you do that? You know? So, um, fast forward to me being a life coach, I ended up, um, becoming a life coach because (laughs) all my friends used to call me all the time, all times of the day and night, and just want to talk about things. And, um, you know, they would come into the conversation, and I'm not going to put anybody's business out there, but they would give me a scenario, tell me what's happening. You know, we would go back and forth for a minute, and then I would say, "Well, this is and that, and this is and that," and they would just be so relieved when they got done talking to me. And um, and um, you know, I never looked at it like I was being a life coach in my mind. I'm just being a friend. I'm on the outside looking in, and normally when you're on the outside looking in you can kind of see something more holistic in the person that's in it, right? And so, um, you know, they would give me the scenarios based off of their interpretation of their issue. And then we would talk about it. And then, you know, I would tell them my thoughts about it. Never thought they'd actually, you know, take my advice because again, I was in a place in my life where I didn't feel worthy of anything. And half the time when they called me, I would think to myself, why are they even calling me? I don't have my head from my, you know what, and I never really, um, I never understood why they were calling me. And <laughs> finally, one day, you know, a friend of mine said, I call you because you care. And when you give the advice that you give, you don't just say something that, you know, uh, what was the word she said? I don't want to put anything in anybody's mouth. She said she could tell it came from my heart there wasn't anything malicious behind what I was giving her and that she could tell I put thought to it, you know, like, and I would, I wouldn't say anything like if they had children, I would consider, okay, they have kids. If they do it this way, it's going to affect them that way. And if they don't do this, then it could affect, you know, and you know, cause you're a life coach yourself, you overanalyze. I think that's the thing of a life coach is that we, have that perspective where you kind of get what is it like the school web <laughs> you got your, your your topic and then you start branching out and all this and that so um you know and I would I never realized it until she dropped it in my spirit that way that I did it that way I had no clue none just literally wanted to make sure that if I put something into the world that it was going to not hurt someone if that makes sense
0: yes that's what and it um
1: yeah yeah so i just wanted to be sure because it's coming from my mouth and you never want to say anything that's going to destroy someone else or their home because they can honestly come back to you and say hey i took your advice and my life is in shambles so there's always that thin line like even when you're a life coach between you letting people know that i'm therapist that's how my thought process was is if you do this the wrong way you can really damage somebody you know and uh that was always my fear and um I realized that fear left me stagnant for so many years I could have been helping people a long time ago you know I could have probably already stepped into a certain place But as we know, God does everything on his time. And even when we make mistakes, he'll turn those mistakes into greatness. So um, for all I know, everything that's happening was meant to happen this way, because every day is a learning process. So you never really know, um, you know, fear can hold you back, but God knows everything. So he probably already anticipated everything that I was going to think, everything I I was going to feel that I still needed wanted to like really help people and then when I had my children it was like God please let me impact my children to create a legacy and a dynasty that just transcends time you know what I mean to where if there is any imprint of me on this earth and that it is positive and that my children you know move it forward and but the one thing that never changed was I wanted to impact people always that was always my thing. So, um, and how I became a life coach is one day I was just, just got off the phone with a friend of mine and my then husband, um, looked at me. He's like, and I'm looking at him like, what? And he's like, you take so much time from your family (laughs) to minister to these people. And he didn't use the word minister, but I know that that's what that was at the time. He was more like, you keep talking to these people and helping them with their problems. And, you know, people get paid for this. And for me, it was never about the money. It was, you know, you feel good in your heart. Let's just be honest. Um, You know, helping people just is such a wonderful feeling. And when you're a selfless person, that's the most selfish you're gonna be is that, that heart just like, oh so wonderful I did something you know what I mean like I actually did something for somebody and so um you know for me that was my my selfish moment I was like hey you know they left off the phone smiling and you know they're all happy and I'm like that's awesome (laughs) but he was looking at me like girlfriend I'm gonna need (laughs) you to go and you know And I was doing all the classes, you know, I I was stepping out on fear. I was doing the the Grant Cardone and I was doing, you know, um, all these different programs. Like I knew that I was supposed to make an impact, but to be honest with you, I had no clue where I was going with any of it. I was just like, felt led that I needed to help. people. Basically when I was, I want to say 27, I was going through a situation. I was married at that time and before I had any kids. And um, when I was probably about 14 years old, I was diagnosed with these fibroid tumors. Um, when I had these tumors, I used to bleed excessively. I don't know if I could say that on. on oh, air, you can but... say
0: whatever you like. Yeah, I'm familiar with those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I would bleed so much. I didn't understand it. And even at, you know, I had moved out on my own at 14. And that's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I moved out on my own and moved in with a boyfriend at that time. And, um, you know, I was constantly having abnormal bleeding. And so I went to, you know, a doctor, obviously, and he was like, oh, you have fibroids. And I was like, what is that? You know, and he was like, well, you know, you'll probably never be able to have children. Now I was young, so for me it was like yay because oh. I was in my party. <laughs> right. No, seriously. Yeah,
0: that's was, right. You're Fourteen,
1: I was, right? I was just, yeah. I was, I love you. I was You're like, like, okay. You know what I'm I had dropped out of school, and I was like, this is good. I just want to do me, and I wasn't really thinking beyond anything else. And so, um, as time started going on, you know, to be honest with you, like just having interactions, you know, sexually was painful, you know, everything hurt. uh, And then you start getting into that age where you're like, okay, what's next for me? Mm -hmm. I've wasted so much time doing this and doing that and not doing what I know is in me to do. Uh, What are you doing? (laughs) you are just literally existing right now. And um, I think it was, I was in my 20, I just turned 20. And uh, I started seeing people getting married. I started seeing people have myself. Well, that does kind of suck that I can't have kids, you know, and I wonder if I'd be able to raise, you know, someone better than me, you know, somebody that would be able to actually finish something, someone that could actually, you know, love life. Could I give someone You know, happiness, you know, and and these different things just started like looming through my mind. And I just was like, you know, "Eh, I don't like being here. And so I decided that I was going to take my 20 year old self going on 21. And um, after being with this person, because I was still with the same guy Mm -hmm. from 14 up going on almost 10 years. And I was like, I hopped on an airplane and moved to Washington, D.C., (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> South yeah and um, of course there was a whole bunch of other stuff that happened in between there but you know I've never felt the need to stay somewhere I've always wanted to travel so I took every little dime that I had and I had a family member living out there and she had been trying to get me to go out there she's like she would come to visit come with me you know and, and always and I would just be like girl you know I can't go with you but one day we got off the phone and I said, you know what? I'm tired of being afraid. I'm out of here. Because I knew the town that I was in, um, the, the chances of people actually becoming any excelling or exceeding was very slim.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, so I was like, I'm just gonna do it. And I took one suitcase and I hopped on a plane and went to Washington, DC. <laughs> of course I, you know. Ended things with the the person I was with, you know, we thought we could work it out long distance. Things did not work out at all. And uh, I ended up meeting my kids, my first children's dad, the person I was married to. And um, now fast forward to what I was saying earlier. Um, I get out there and, you know, life is a little crazy, but I kid you not. I'm telling you, God was with me. I just didn't realize it. I used to... um, just walk around and, and go to stores and I always found money. And what's the weirdest thing? I always nice. found money. This was like on an everyday basis, no lie to you. I would be sitting on my porch in the apartment that I lived in, um, because I went from Washington, DC to living in Virginia. That's where I ended up uh moving it at some point. But anyway, I would be sitting on my porch and look downstairs. You know, I used to smoke, so I was smoking and I would see money downstairs and I would wait for like an hour, you know, cause I, I was a good person, you know, I just didn't think so. You know, mm, yeah. But looking back, I know that I was just, I really was a good person and I was waiting for someone to come and get that money and they never did. And I would see people walk by and I'm like, are they not seeing that money? Cause you know, normally when people see money, they go <laughs> and they get it. So I'm up there and and I look at my husband at the time and I'm like, dude is that money down there do you see that and he's like that's money I'm like okay I'm gonna walk downstairs I said I'll probably be gone by the time I get down there but you know I'm gonna go anyway yeah. I would get down there and no one would have taken it so I started realizing like this is just odd I would walk to work which was not that far across the street from me and there would be money on the sidewalk or just random places and um if I would have known what I know now, I would have been saving it. But I was using it for just to be honest, to buy roll-ups for, for smoking weed. That's <laughs> what so I was doing, or I would buy, you know, that's what I was doing at that time. And so um I one day I remember um the the guy I was with my husband at the time. Um he used to be a very jealous man. And I grew up in that kind of atmosphere. So it didn't bother me. It wasn't a red flag for me since I grew up with those types of gentlemen, you know, being now that I know is insecure, but at that time I didn't know that, you know, and so it sounds stupid, but for us in my time frame, it was like flattering for some reason for someone to treat you that way. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, they must really love you if they're, you know,
0: right. acting
1: so crazy about you you know and um it takes a long time to realize that that's not healthy so right. when he would get upset or whatever I'd be like you're so silly oh and I would be just naive you know um kind of like rewarding the behavior by hugging him and kissing him and you know like glorifying it in a way and uh one day the altercation got so bad that the night before my head was put through uh, a mirror, and the glass stabbed me in my head, and I was bleeding so bad um, that I had to go to hospital, but I didn't have any vehicle, I didn't have any family. My cousin that was in uh, Washington dC was, you know, it, it was one of those situations where um, we were in good terms, but I was hiding mm-hmm. a lot of what I was going through because it was shameful. You know, why are you allowing that? You know, so, you know, I walked to this bus stop. I had on a white shirt that had turned completely pink by this time. I'm sitting at that bus stop and I'm thinking to myself, how did you get here? You know, and um the next day after, you know, getting seen by a doctor and all that, I said, I'm going back to Florida, I'm not staying here. So I went back and, you know, I remember I was feeling kind of weird. And I, and I spoke to my cousin and I called her and I told her, I'm going back to Florida. And she's like, what do you mean you're going back to Florida? I was like, girl, I'm going back to Florida. I can't deal with this. And um, I said, I feel really weird though. I'm not going to lie to you. Like my, my chest hurts and, you know, my body's aching. And she was like, girl, you're pregnant. Right. And I said, no, I'm not. I already was told since young, I can't have children. So that's, she said, I am telling you, I've had two. (laughs) If These are hurting. You are pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm good. That's all right. I said, I'm going to pack my stuff. I need to get out of here. I'll call you later. Mm -hmm. So I started packing my stuff and I sit there for a minute and I realized I haven't had my, you know what in Mm -hmm. quite some time so I start going back into my stuff and I'm like okay we're going on like two months so I go to the doctor you know up the way I scheduled the appointment for the next morning and I go up the doctor and it was a it was a woman which kind of shocked me for what I'm going to tell you um I went to her and you know I told her you know people are telling me I'm pregnant I know I can't have any kids. I have fibroids da, 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 and they were huge. You know, they weren't small. And um, she goes, well, you know, we'll go ahead and get you a test. So I took the test. And so she hands it to me and I'm looking at her and I, you know, I got this stupid young girl smile on my face. I'm like, why, why she's giving me this, you know? <laughs> so I look at it and I'm like, what is that, I'm like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I give it back to her the paper. She's like, you, you are pregnant. And, um, I was already eight and a half weeks. All right. So I start crying like crazy because I'm in mixed emotions. Like, uh, first of all, you know, you don't think you're supposed to be able to have kids and this is amazing. But at the same time, you have nothing prepared for this child because you never even knew you needed to. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you just been living your life, you know, vicariously, just doing whatever you want to do. Okay. I'm married and I'm trying to leave this man. Um, but I grew up, you know, in a background where you don't just, you know, get married and, and leave with the kids and do all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my mom went through some stuff and she had to raise us by herself, but her ultimate goal was for us to, you know, be married first and not to just have children on a wedlock, you know what I mean? And to, you know, I'm wanting out (laughs) I want out so I wasn't even trying to hear any of that and I'm sitting there listening to this lady and while I'm drifting off into thought I hear her say something about abortion and so I'm like huh wait what this woman is telling me that I should get an abortion Mm -hmm. correct and so I'm like wait like backtrack that up say that again and so she's like um you the fibroids are huge she said they start to extract nutrients from the child and goes through the whole you know question and and answer about why i just should go ahead and terminate the baby and i looked at her and i said you know what i'm not doing that for one and the reason being is if i was told by you guys that i wasn't supposed to have children and god put this baby in me he doesn't want her there, she won't be there. But I'm not doing that. And I never really believed in abortion. I mean, not judging anybody who does what they think they need to do. For me, if you have that calling, I'm just going to be transparent. You made a mistake. You have to own that mistake. If you weren't intending to have that baby, you're going to have to go through whatever struggles you got to go through with that kid. And that's where my mind was at that time. Whatever I was lacking or whatever I needed to obtain um, I was not going to get rid of this kid in my mind that baby was a miracle you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and so you know basically I went ahead and I, I kept her long story short you know she thrived even with those in there like I was told stories about how the five underweight I didn't have having to have her early you know, they prepared me the whole nine months for a C-section with my, with my daughter. And, uh, I wasn't cool with that. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I had like a, I had like an eight pack. My stomach was banging. <laughs> and I was like, don't cut me. You know? I know. yeah. <laughs> but I was willing to do it for my kid, you know, and, uh, uh, she just, every, every month was healthier and healthier. And like her weight, for some reason, like she was just doing so well. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was, it was literally a miracle, you know? And then by the, the ninth month, you know, when I was supposed to schedule to go in there to get the C-section, the doctor tells me, um, oh, uh, can we sit down for a minute? I'm like, yeah, I already know you're going to cut me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or wow. the math was not math. And I was like, adding and subtracted and nothing was, <laughs> I was like, what is up with that? So, you know, now here I am like three days that, you know, three days later I was pushing. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) And so fast forward to why I became a life coach. Um, The reason that I ended up becoming a life coach wasn't just because this guy was telling me, you know, you need to get paid Um, after, you know, that miracle of having my child, I ended up giving birth two more times after that and um all of them were high risk every one of those children are miracles I'm telling you like yeah. the, the boy I call him the boy I can't help myself <laughs> the boy <laughs> cute the boy I love that the boy <laughs> and uh when he came he was eight and he was eight pounds 12 ounces a month early so had I carried him any you know <laughs> more than that I don't even want to know what would happened. <laughs>
0: Love and pound baby. <laughs> but they ended
1: up cutting him out. But unbeknownst to me, right? But God is funny because not only was I not supposed to have a kid at all, but he allowed me to do what a lot of mothers don't. I went through natural birth and a C-section. I can literally tell you that I've had both those things and be able to tell you, you know, oh, I, I went through that. I understand. I can really mean that. I understand.
0: <laughs> you know, me it's not too. just like someone yeah, you. Yeah, that sounds rough. You too. That yes. So C section right? and natural. Each yeah. Dominic, uh, <laughs> the oldest one, uh, natural, and then uh, C section with Peyton. But Peyton's was a different story. <laughs> I'll tell you that some other time. That was scary.
1: That is so crazy. We've been friends all this time and I had no idea that we had those commonalities. That's oh. amazing. <laughs> that right? That is so. <laughs> we have got to really sit down and talk about that. That is so cool, man. A lot of people can't say that. That is so like, um, it's so important, especially when some women are like not ready to deal with certain things. Like you can actually physically say, hey, I understand you. This is what it is. You know, this is how I felt. I don't know what you're going through. This is what I'm going through. You know what I'm saying? That's so beautiful to me. Um, And at that time, you know, and honestly, in this moment that I'm talking to you that I realized how impactful that really is, because it doesn't seem like much um, when you're going through it. But in this moment that I'm talking to you, I'm like, that's so profound because um, not everybody has those experiences. It's either one or the other. My mom um, had all C-sections. She oh. never was able to do that. And, um, you know, but for me, I was very stubborn. I I told myself, well, if God's going to give me this kid, I'm going to breastfeed her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother beast. So, um, you know, I, I, I went through so much. I caught mastitis. I mean, I should have quit, but I'm, I'm just not a quitter. Yeah. And even though I had the clogs and you know I had where my boobs were being ripped up like I was bleeding and I was just like what am I doing and my family was just like girl give up
0: <laughs> those oh hurt and this hurts man it's like you get fever also and you get nauseous and you Absolutely. have these ducts that are clogged and you're just trying to get yeah. warm compress on your chest and I've had it too it hurt. it hurts
1: well I was dumb you probably had you probably went and actually talked to somebody I'm a stubborn heifer at the same time excuse my language oh, no, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. stubborn. and I was like um oh I'm gonna get through this it's all right and I tried to do the you know people were telling me rub it out rub it out but I'm I'm just not the, that type of person like I'm like I'm gonna beat this well I ended up having to go to the hospital I almost died I almost killed myself you know I had yes. the big thick blue veins throughout my arms and I remember I had this really bad fever and my mom came in the room and she's like, you don't look good. And your veins are like crazy. And I'm like, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, like I can do it. This, you know, <laughs> bro, they had to give me a blood transfusion and everything. My blood pressure dropped. I couldn't breastfeed my baby for like three weeks. It was just crazy. I, I would pump. And then I'd have to throw that out and just keep doing that with the antibiotics running through and, mm-hmm for a little bit, my child had to be on formula. And I thought to myself, you know, you, you did nothing by being that way. Mm. You accomplished nothing, you know, (laughs) that's a whole nother story. But, um, as far as the, the life coaching goes though, um, unbeknownst to me, when I had my first kid, uh, I think it was my third month I had, um, that stubbornness came through again and, um, you know, I knew something was off about me. Um, I didn't have a luster. I was always very uh, energetic and I joked a lot. And uh, I found myself, um, by this time I had rekindled things with my husband. Like the one I had, I ended up leaving him and it's so much goes there, but anyway. Um,
0: <laughs> All relationships like that.
1: <laughs> but I had left him initially after I had her and I came to Florida. Well, he ended up coming down with me here uh, eventually. And so I started noticing that you know, I didn't want to be touched. I just wanted to sleep, but I never could sleep. Um, Again, I did not have a lot of support. Nobody really understood because no one in my family breastfed, you know, so I don't think that they intended to, but I think the problem was they didn't understand like how taxing that is on the body and how much it really, you know, you need some sleep, man, you really do. And, um, you know, they would come in and get the little one, but it would be like maybe an hour or two. And then they were bringing her back in and, you know, for feeding. And I'm really in my mind, like, I don't want her in here. And then I was struggling with that thought process of, gosh, I always you know, wanted this and now I'm, God gave it to me. And now I don't even want to deal with her. Like, you know, I, I was going through so many different emotions. So I finally went to go and see, um, the, you know, the doctor who delivered her and um i think she was like 3 months and he looked at me and i told him what was going on i was like sometimes i look at her i don't want to deal with her and this is just being transparent it hurts me now to think about it um but you you can't be dishonest about what you're going through because if you are dishonest about what you're going through a lot of women the reason they don't seek the help that they need is because they're afraid that someone's going to take their kid or they're afraid that um you know what they're going through they might be really crazy, you know, but you're not, you know, and luckily for me, I knew this wasn't me. I knew everything I was experiencing was not even close to who I am. And I used to watch everyone's children. I I worked at a daycare. I love kids and kids love me and my daughter loved, loved me to death. But I remember having these thoughts that now that I know how the enemy operates, Mm -hmm. it was the enemy, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Trying to get me Playing on what I was already feeling and trying to maximize that to a point that it shouldn't have been. But anywho, um back then I was just like thinking about hurting her. You know, I I and not just her myself. And I'm like, why why am I going through this? What's happening? Like to the point where I thought maybe I shouldn't have her. You know, mm-hmm. and um there were so many more things than that. I was always arguing with my spouse, you know, he didn't understand me, he doesn't try to understand me. I mean, it was just a whole lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, beyond that, I realized after the doctor told me that you have postpartum depression, you know, this is what you're going through. And um, so I'm like, I don't even know what that is. You know, it's that thing that it might be um grazed over, but it is not something that's deeply spoken of. And so um You know, I went through that by myself because anybody that I spoke to about it, they were like, oh, you'll be fine. You know, six months later, you'll be good. Just, you know, drink this, take that, you know, get some sleep. You'll be good. That didn't happen for me. So it wasn't until my daughter, I could say was maybe two and able to use bathroom on her own and sleep more throughout the night. And those things that a lot of those symptoms began to subside for me. But um, it didn't really go away, you know, and it's funny because statistics tell you that after a couple months, like in your sixth month, you'll be fine. Everything will be fine. It's a lie, you know, it, it really is. But because no one talks about these things, um, you know, we just kind of stuff it under the rug and keep it moving. I think she was in her sixth month when I found out I was pregnant, I want to say, Um and this is only three months after I was diagnosed with postpartum that I find out I'm pregnant with another baby. Okay. And so I'm literally like, what, what, what are you thinking? You know, like what were you thinking? But it was an accident <laughs> slash not really, you know, yeah, cause you yeah. know what you're doing when you're doing it. And, um, you know, then I had to make a choice, you know, by this time they had removed the fibroids. I went in and had a myomectomy uh, after my daughter, but, um, I still had scar tissue from that procedure, you know what I mean? And so um, it was just rough. I was going through it, let's put it that way. So I started getting these symptoms again of, you know, postpartum. Yeah. And so now by this time, I don't even want to admit that this is happening again. So I ignore it and I just keep going through the motions so in the meantime the doctor gives me this medication and he tells me that this medication is good for everybody you know that you can you can still breastfeed and you can you can live your life with this stuff and it's a lie you know and things were very difficult for me I was watching my marriage just go to crap feeling alone not getting help you know him not understanding me now that I look back you know men don't know how to handle their emotions. You know, we're emotion-based, they're logic-based. You know what I mean? So he's like, girl, you're going through it. I'm out of here. <laughs> i go hang out.
2: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, like, yeah, right,
1: yeah. He's like, yeah, well, I'm going to give her herself together. And really, it, it doesn't work that way, you know. But either way, I go through all of those pregnancies, those three pregnancies with postpartum. You know, my fourth one, I didn't have it. But by this time I had a system. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I knew exactly, you know, how I was supposed to survive. I knew exactly what to do. And this was without the medication anymore. I had, I had gotten to a point where I was like, I am not taking this medicine. I don't know if other women can feel me on this, but some of the medicine that they give you, you feel like a shell of yourself. You are a zombie a literal zombie and I remember waking up and feeling so robotic um at this moment I can tell you exactly how it went down got up heated up the bottle made the breakfast got the kids clothes you know had no emotions none just kind of went through life did it again the next day if my husband wanted to be intimate I laid there Mm
2: -hmm.
1: got that over with no emotions went to bed repeat like a shampoo bottle instruction (laughs) it was just that bad you know and um just dealt with it because I was like this is what they do for for us so it, it must be okay because other women have survived this and you never hear of the horror stories of the ones who didn't,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? So like I was saying, this guy's telling me, you know, you're helping all these people, you're doing all this and that, you may as well get paid for it. So I start going to the Grant Cardone things and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be a life coach, I need to find out, you know, how this works. How does this work? Then they start hitting me with, you need a niche. And I'm like, a what? (laughs) I can't just, I can't just holistically help people. Like, they can't just call me like my homegirl's been doing and you know, I give them some good advice and then move on with themselves. I'm like, uh, this is not cool. So, you know, I'm I'm taking all these classes and I'm doing all these um like emotional intelligence things and I'm like, I naturally know how to help people. Like, why am I doing all this? You know, and then you start realizing that you, you need to because you're not all fixed in here, and there's a whole lot going on that you can maybe give someone advice with, but you can't really guide them. through. You know what I mean? And you start realizing, like, <laughs> process. You don't want to just tell someone, "Go do this and, and have a good day," because that's what the doctors did to me. Sorry, I got somebody. I had an unwanted visitor in my face. Um, <laughs> but you don't want to do like the doctors do and just diagnose you with something and send, and send you on your way. You get what I'm saying? And you know, you want to make sure that when that person goes out into the there's a way for it to be gone Mm -hmm. completely and that they can move on with life. And if they have another kid or they decide to expand, you know, their, their home, that this is something that can actually last. So as I'm going through all these things, you know, they keep hitting me with what's your niche. And I'm like, I'm just a life coach. You know, I I can't tell you how many of these people probably got frustrated me. I'm not going to lie to you. I did, um, who is it? Christina Jandali. I'm sure you guys have seen her on there. Um, I've done, um, what's her name? The doers way. Uh, they, they, they're called the doer circle, you know what I mean? And they used to tell me what's, what's your, your niche, what is your niche? And, um, you know, no offense to them, but then you start noticing people start taking your ideas and they start kind of using it for themselves. And, And I was just like, you know, I went through that a lot. Um, with the people that I was working with that it seemed almost like they weren't really trying to help you get yourself out there they were kind of they were kind of getting some some fresh meat because they may have been in the business for a while and were running out of ideas and sorry I'm just gonna keep it 100 that's what was going on and you know I would see my you know my idea on there I'm like
0: really (laughs) oh it's messed up
1: (laughs) my mindset was different back then and I got offended I didn't know that what God has for you he has for you and it doesn't matter who tries to duplicate you they can't be you and they can't handle it the way that you can handle it because God deposited it in you right. so they can try to counterfeit all they want to counterfeit but they cannot do what God placed in you to do okay yes. so as the time started going on and I started you know this is how God got a hold of me I knew I wanted to um, work with women. That's number one. No bias. You know, I knew I wanted to help women. And so it became the idea of how. Because the market is so saturated with um, women empowering women and women encouraging women. And, you know, it's like you can only go so far with that. I don't care what's deposited in you. (laughs) you can only go so far with that kind of, of thing. So it's like, what, what can I do? So I remember after having that conversation with, with my husband at that time um, I stayed up because I used to not sleep at all. For some reason, when this whole niche thing came about, I was losing sleep about this thing. I'm like, what is my niche? You know, I need to find something. I don't know what's going on. And uh, I prayed. I remember I prayed uh, that night. It was like 3.00 AM and uh, all my kids were sleeping. And uh, I, I, this is my fourth baby was born and she used to get up all times of the night so i would just be like you know what i'll just stay up i'll watch these videos i'll you know learn how to do this how to do that you know i'll take this time since i know she's already going to get up soon and i'll just burn the midnight oil you know and um one night i was staring at her on the couch and i do remember my then husband at the time he used to get so frustrated you know even though we had agreed that i i'd be a stay at home mom and that, you know, she'd be able to work and take care of this and take care of that. Just to be honest with you, they might say it doesn't mean they mean it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he would come home just feeling un—what un, is it? Um, unappreciated. He always felt like, you know, I'm doing this and doing that. And I have all this money coming out. And, you know, you're not, you know, I know you can homeschool the kids. I know you're doing that. And, but there was something still there that you can tell that it was bothering him. You know what I mean? So it just made me depressed because I knew that I cared enough about him to figure something out, you know, but I also knew that we had the kids at home and I was, you know, still taking care of them from home and, you know, so in the meantime, that's how I met you. I started doing, um, new age and, yeah. and wellness 360. <laughs> And I was already up, so I was like, oh, I'm going to try my hand at this because it really didn't cost anything to sign up for this. I mean, it's a one-time fee of this. And I was like, you know, and everybody in that group was amazing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, it was the best best thing that I did because, uh, um, you know, even though it probably wasn't intended, Mr. James Zing, that guy. Um, ah, it's he James. Poured, <laughs> Yeah, he poured so much uh, into what he saw as potential in all of us, you know what I mean? And I never knew that God put him in place to basically start cultivating a different mind shift in me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it may not have been that I stayed with new age, but he working with them sparked something in me to start knowing what that niche was.
0: That's mm. so, so awesome james is so, yeah. so, so that, awesome james and becky is.
1: yeah and you know i've never told him the story but that 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 is a like a straight up fact he used to do um these classes if you you know prove yourself and you got you know certain amount of people in and then you could come in and watch you know um what was it the secret the guy who does the secret and um was it Napoleon Hill or
2: something like that. Napoleon
0: Hill. He used to read about Napoleon Hill. Uh, Oh, Proctor, Bob Proctor. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, dude. And that's so bad. But at the
1: same time, it was it was great because it started making my mind work to the point of what do you have in your hand? I remember there was one thing about what do you have in your hand? And I was thinking about that wrong. But like I said, that night that I was looking at my daughter sleeping on the couch and I was thinking about my husband and I was thinking about everything that was going on and, you know, why are you not sleeping? And I realized I'm not sleeping because I was carrying the weight of everything that I knew that I wasn't doing, the the things that were deposited in me that I didn't know how to bring out. And, uh, you know, then I realized, like, I I need to pray. I need to pray and I need to pray hard. You know, like I said, I grew up with a Catholic background, you know, it was one of those situations where as you get older, all the things were coming out about, you know, molestation and, and abuse in the church. And I started feeling very, um, very disgusted to be a part of that. And so it, it shook my faith a lot to the point where I was like, you know, when, when you're smart, you realize that that's people, not God, but when you're not so smart in your faith you think to yourself well how could god let this happen why why is he allowing these people to do this in the church you get what i'm saying and but but he gives us free will you know what i mean i know that now but back then i was like nah i'm leaving the faith
0: yeah (laughs) i feel you (laughs) Out of
1: here you know and so that's what i did so that night i don't know what it was but my brain went different and i said to myself We as humans mess things up for ourselves. So God, I need your help. I know you put me on this earth for something. If you didn't, I'd be gone right now. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I cannot believe you just put me here to be a mom. Now I'm sure they're special, but there's something you did in me to teach them because God doesn't just give you kids. They're gifts, you know what I mean? So there's yes. gotta be something in me that can cultivate them in a good way. Just being here, I don't believe this is this is it. And I put that prayer up and honestly didn't think nothing of it because I always felt like, who am I? <laughs> Why is he gonna see me? Uh, well, I'll do it, but I'm not really expecting anything back, which is counterintuitive to what they say faith is supposed to be, right? If you got faith, you, you you believe in it and you let it go. But in my mind, it wasn't that I believed in it and let it go. In my mind, it was, I don't think he's going to hear me, but I still kind of let it go, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember I had a dream, a very, very vivid dream. And I saw myself working with women. Mm-hmm. And I saw a booklet and I saw PPD on that book. And I woke up and I said, oh, I know my niche. It's postpartum depression. Yes. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. And so it's funny because when I first started trying to help women, I struggled so hard with how to charge people. It was one of those things that because I never really have ever done anything for monetary gain, you know, in my mind, it was always just I want to help people. Mm-hmm. And I remember growing up in a background where we couldn't afford much, you know. And so with that being said, I was like, I want to help the people that can't get help because those are the ones that are in danger. Right. People that have money, you could pay all types of their. Honey, when I tell you. <laughs> I started advertising my services for free and no one came. No one came. And I didn't understand this because you, you know, I'm like, they would always say, no, no thanks. And, uh, oh no, I'm good. I mean, I had postpartum, but I really, you know, I'm over it now. And, uh, well, I still have symptoms you know, (laughs) and so I was like, Lord, what what's going on? You know, and he didn't place it on my heart to, to charge either. So I really wasn't understanding what was going on. And one day I had this, this young lady, her, it's the weirdest thing. I'm at my house and I had told somebody in the neighborhood where I was living, where we had our house that, um, you know, I worked with women with postpartum. So if you, you know, meet anybody, let me know. And she was like, that's so weird, because that's such a thing, you know, and uh, I was low key sending out messengers to people, you know, if you know anybody that needs, you know, help with this, you know, let me know. And um, I had this, this lady that I grew up with, her name was Maria. I'm going to call her whole name out Maria Ziegler. (laughs) I love her. And um, she was a friend, two friends of mine that I grew up, she was their mother. And when I sent her this thing, she replied back to me. And she said, nobody speaks about this. It, it's not really a thing. And most people would have been offended. Like, you know, how dare this woman? You know, I was actually grateful because all this time I'm sitting here thinking like, what's wrong with me? It must be me, you know, because we go through times when you think you're just being rejected, period. Like, I don't know what, you know, you smell are your, like, what's going on with me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And- it took her braveness and boldness just to say, you know, this is not a thing, you know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, stop sending me this, you know, I love you, but no. And I was like, it is a thing. And she was like, and, and what's your basis? I said, I am the basis. I. It is me. I went through this, you know? And so we got into a real deep conversation about this and I explained to her what I was going through. And do you not know? She said to me, oh she had been going through it when she had given birth to her two daughters. Oh,
0: wow.
1: You know, and this is so much more prevalent than than we ever thought. So now I realized I was on to something. Like, this is really literally that taboo thing. Like when this, this reminded me of when, you know, you grew up in those houses where certain things happen and they're like, what goes on in this house stays in this house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, I realized that this is that type of subject, like, this is crazy. So I made it my mission to just stop even, um, reaching out to people and start really honing in on this and studying and getting my statistics. And I realized in that moment, God didn't tell me anything because I hadn't done my part. I knew what I had experienced with postpartum, but I did not know the meat and the potatoes and the things that needed to go with it. I did not know who it impacted, where it came from. It it took me years to really understand what this was, you know, and not just from a personal point of view, but from a holistic point of view. And in that, that study, like you were saying with the, the PPND, that is actually fathers. I have, I have learned so much about this disease that I realize now that it does not just affect women. It affects men.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I made it my personal business to figure out how to help them as well. Okay. Because, you know, it's so deep, but I won't lie to you in the years that I've taken to research this and go through all that I went through. I mean, it was not easy. I went through opposition from so many different sides and I was also told by many people, when I, when I finally figured out my niche, <laughs> and I went back to all these people that I was learning with and training with, they didn't want to work with me anymore. And I'm like, I have a niche. I'm like, what do you mean? You know what? I was a liability now. Oh I was now a liability, a legal issue. And I said, why is that? Because you are not a therapist. You are not a doctor. You cannot do this. You cannot help people with this because you will get sued. You will get this and you will get that. And I said, a life coach helps you work through it. Why are you telling me this? And I went through so many closed doors, even now at this this very moment. Like, to be honest with you, you're the, the first open door with this situation, um, which is kind of sad because it's so serious. There are not just women killing themselves. They're not just killing their children. There are men out here that are suppressing and and killing themselves. There are families just being destroyed. And I'll be darned if I'm going to live in fear because God did not make us with the spirit of fear. That's number one. I did not hear nothing that these people were saying. I'm not gonna lie to you. It went in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. I refuse to think to myself, if that's the risk I have to take, to save lives then bring it on
0: yes
1: bring it on because you know i know what i felt like when i had nothing and no one to understand me i know what it felt like to you know take these medications and feel like a zombie i'm not just advocating for women and and families and men that go through postpartum i'm literally against the drugs I'm all about finding I've I've, in my research, I have found so many different avenues that do not have to do with, um, you know, narcotics and taking all this stuff. I mean, I give all the glory to God. There's no way some of the stuff that came into like my realm of sight, I know wasn't by accident. I have researched and seen other people that have attempted to do what I'm doing and have not seen nor heard half of what I have when it comes to postpartum. And I know that this is my calling. This is what I'm here to do. And I realize now that all the spirit of fear, trying to push me to a different niche, because I did try other ones, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I went from that to, okay, well, maybe I'll just help people with um you know uh career coaching but it just never felt right. It never felt right. And so um that's that's how I got into life coaching. And again, because sometimes we don't always, you know, believe in ourselves, I'm twice certified for that reason. Because when I first took the first test, I was like, well you are kind of dealing with people's lives, man. You might want to take that test again and make sure you pass it. And I did really well. <laughs> But then I turned around and took it again. I was like, mm, "Let me make sure." And I went to a whole different, different college. I didn't even take it from the same place. I went somewhere else and got recertified just to be sure that I knew that I knew what I knew. <laughs> More for like, uh, like I said, when you you have people trying to minimize you or you know you minimize yourself, you agree with what's being said to you. You intake the things. Um, you you'll do. Slowly, things like that get twice certified <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great so. and that's the path that you you needed to go you know and, and thank you so much by the way for your story I I totally you're such an inspiration and I am so blessed to know you and I didn't even know you had gone through gone through that <laughs> now i yeah. i personally did not go through postpartum depression but i did have like what is called the case of the baby blues where i just felt baby like blues. so sad and i was at the hospital i didn't want anyone touching my baby i didn't want the nurses to take him away i was like i, don't, I was like so paranoid something was going to happen to him some nurse was talking to me about oh you got to be careful with sids. i'm like what sins <laughs> and all this stuff and then she put this fear in me and Oh it was just like all messed up in my head and I I just I can't imagine what it'd be like to go through that for so long though how devastating yeah. that would be and then to have those thoughts like this is not me I don't want to hurt my child I don't want to hurt myself but what's going on my husband's not you know uh reciprocating properly to how I am and it's just it's it's horrible but I I'm so happy that yeah. you've overcome it and now it can help people because I don't think I've ever heard of a coach like that and that's a that's amazing i love yeah. that and your story is beautiful and i totally agree we have to go through the darkness in order for us to see the light and god yeah. has already had this planned out for us it's like why lord did i have to go through this <laughs> so we can make such a big impact to those who need to do for those who need help so that yeah. is so awesome but i want to also talk about this book <laughs> that has come out because I have not read it, but I want to get it. And I know Nicole, we know Nicole. She's beautiful. I love her too on there. And, And I guess another, a lot of incredible women, but can you share a little bit about this book that recently came out?
1: Sure. Um, and that's another moment. That was a God moment. So in the process of all of this stuff happening, um, I ended up having to come back to Florida my you know soon to be ex-husband he was his mother was in a coma and you know I was like we need to go back down there you know we need to go be with her and you know try to get her you know back good find out you know how to move from here you know and um you know we came back to Florida and and the process of coming back here, um, you know, things started getting a little crazy between us, you know, to the point where, you know, we were just like, you know, unfortunately, I'm pretty sure it had to do with the enemy. I'm not going to lie to you, but, um, sometimes when you're a believer and you're with someone that's a a non-believer, um, they can look at you a little cuckoo, ca-choo. (laughs) That's the best way I can put that. And so, um, it just, it, it just ended up being that I we got separated and, you know, I was here with my four kids that that's currently happening. So I, like I told you, I'm an open book, so I'll be 100% transparent with you. But, oh, Nicole came to me before I left. Uh, I was in Utah before I came back to Florida and, um, she, she told me we're, we're going to be doing this book and, you know. Uh, I would love for you to be a part of it. I can tell you have a testimony inside of you, girlfriend, you know, just from us interacting. I just know that there's so much more beneath the surface. Like I need to know she was like, girl, join me with this book. So we're dealing with all the stuff with the, the sickness of the mother and, you know, marriage on the balance and all this stuff going on. And I was like, you know what, Nicole, I love you. I appreciate you thinking about me, but I'm just going to let that go for now. You know, <laughs> God is funny. So fast forward to, you know, the, the separation and everything and I'm sitting here and I'm literally got nothing to lose. I have no money. I'm going through all this stuff. You know, I, I'm just like my, my coaching business is just starting to take notice. Okay. And so I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I, got my husband I have my my kids you know I'm no longer just a stay-at-home mom you know uh, things are just this is awesome or life hits you like a ton of bricks and just everything just ceased before it even took off it was already dead right or so I thought right (laughs) that's what you think because what you see is not really what's going on and we don't know That God is obviously working in the background, right? But what we're looking at, it looks horrible. And so I'm sitting there um, one night, you know, again, with the kids are sleeping. And this is after I made my mind up, like, I'm going to follow you, Lord. I don't care what it looks like. You know, I got faith. I'm looking back at the landscape of my life. And I already can see that you've been there. You know, I can already see that you protected me from so many things. Like, I, I, I there's no way that I can't acknowledge you anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I made my mind up what I was going to do. And I wasn't going to go back. I wasn't going to become Lot's wife, a pillar of salt. I'm going forward. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, but then all this stuff starts happening. And I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> what's going on Lord? You know, I thought you said, when I follow you, like you, you, you know, you're going to make things abundant. Like you're going to make my past straight. What's going on here? This is not straight. This is crooked. That's so with, you know. anyway. So, you know, I'm like, what is up with this? So now here I am out of nowhere when I just came down here a month before and I was a married woman with four kids coming to help somebody. Now I'm a separated mother newly single with four children not yet divorced but literally alone and haven't worked worked on paper in eight years so people are looking at that big gap like and the the newest thing that I have is that I'm a life coach and they're like we don't honor that (laughs) We're, we're not hiring you we don't honor that you know so I have literally nothing and, I, and this is one thing I'll tell you, women, I mean, don't just be at home taking care of your kids and homeschooling and doing all those things without, I'm just going to say the truth, stash you some money, honey, because I did not know. I put money towards bills. I did what I was supposed to do. I budgeted what I was supposed to budget, and, you know, and I, I was told by my mom, make sure you put money up and I was like no everything's gonna be fine you know so anywho um, I ended up getting in the late night it was maybe 11 30 p.m my time frame and I'm back in Florida and I'm feeling sorry for myself sitting on the couch my kids are sleeping I'm sleeping on someone's couch now and I'm like why who did who did I kill in a past lifetime I had to have done something horrible um at some point because this is not okay you know I was going somewhere and now I'm stuck and my mind was on maybe I didn't make the best decision had people from different genres of churches tell me well when you follow him, you have to bear your own cross and you you will lose everything and you know, this happens, you know, and I'm like, that's not cool. (laughs) I got four kids, you know what I mean? What's going on? And, um, I didn't realize at the time that that was so that you can understand that he is your provider. Mm -hmm. He is your everything. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to be reliant on him. You're not supposed to be doing these things. And it, it wasn't sinking in for me just being honest wasn't sinking in i I, in my mind no i'm following you i'm doing all i'm doing all the things i'm reading all my verses i'm you know doing all the things but it's it's not the same (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah so it's like 11 something at night and and nicole hits me up and i'm like what's up girl and she's like what's up you know how she is she's always like oh yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> Bubbly. I'm
1: thinking to myself, i don't got i don't want to deal with this right now and that's just being honest you know because yeah you know, i'm loving and i'm sweet but i still got a little bit of toot in me you know what i'm saying my, my family's from the bronx so you know they're in florida we still get that yeah that monster given to us some on the phone with her i'm like i love this chick but i really am not in the mood for her rainbows and sunshine and all that you know whatever
0: <laughs> yeah i totally understand that <laughs> so she was like what are you doing
1: and I'm like, can I be honest with you? She was like, yes. And I said, I am soaking in misery. I told her the truth. I am sad and I just am not in the place, you know? And I've always been really transparent with my home. <laughs> like not trying to be fake about it. I'm going through something, you know what I mean? And so she was like, what's happening? Talk to me. And, uh, you know, I cried. I said, I came out here to help somebody and I'm being punished, I was- oh <laughs> and so, like what are you talking about and so you know I confided in her you know I'm a very personal person as you know I don't generally tell all my business look we've known each other for two years and some of the stuff is <laughs> things that you're just hearing I'm very personal you know what I mean I don't really like to but I'm getting to a point where I realize that those things are the things that you need to talk about because that's what creates testimonies it helps people understand that they're not the only ones going through something so you know, I went ahead and I let her know what was happening. She said, Sure, you don't want to get in this book? And I laughed at her and I said, Girlfriend, I just told you I have no money, zero dollars. I can't just, you know, because we had to pay something to get into the book. Mm-hmm. And the point of doing that was because there were so many people that were involved in this and the, you know, cost for everything. I don't know if anybody's ever had to get in a book published, but it's a lot. You know what I mean? And so for me, it was like, well, you know, you always go to your negative mind before you were saved. And I'm like, uh uh, this lady's trying to get money off of us. And, you know, she's (laughs) the one who's going to have her name on the book. I went all there. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I might do that. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I make you rich? And I'm over here struggling. I don't know if me and my kids are going to make it till tomorrow. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing that. And so I told her flat out, I'm not doing that. So she says, Sarika, I know the lady, trust me. You know me. I said, I do know you. I know you. I said, Nicole, I'm going to pray on it. I'm going to see what happens. If God wants me in this book, (laughs) there'll be miracle money, right? In the back of my mind, I'm like, there ain't going to be no miracle money. (laughs) I laughed about this. And, you know, I honestly just kind of went to sleep on it. And so this is the funny part. When I got the phone with her, she messaged me and indicated to me, by the way, the deadline is in 24 hours. If you're going to be a part of the book, you need to sign up or you need to do something now. What?
0: Oh, (laughs) 24 hours.
1: (laughs) I'm like, Nicole, really? I was like, bro, you are not adding to my stress. She's like, I know you. She said, I know you. And when your back is against the wall, you don't do it. She goes, I know you, Sarika. I'm thinking to myself, girlfriend, you don't know me. I'm ready to climb into a cave, we'll just ball up and cry right now. You know what? What people think that I I am versus what it is. Yeah, I I am strong, but I am human, and we have moments of weakness. And when you, it comes to your kids, you know you have those moments of weakness where you're just like, <laughs> I'm responsible for lives here. Mm-hmm. The decisions that I make doesn't just impact me anymore. You know, it definitely you know goes back on them. I did not sleep that whole entire night I kid you not Gina I was sitting here and I'm like God I need your help I need you to tell me what to do mm-hmm. I don't know what to do I don't even I don't even know why I'm asking you I don't have any money like I don't even know what I'm doing and I just went through the motions the whole entire night just literally having a conversation with the Lord and the sun came up And a name came to mind, it was funny. Um, And I knew, I knew immediately this was the Holy Spirit talking to me. And when that name came up, I said, I hadn't talked to this person for a while. And so I went ahead and I called and I told the person, look, I feel like I'm led to be in this book. I said, I need your help. You know, I would never ask you for anything the guy cut me off. He was like, Sirika, I already know you. Just tell me what you need. I said, well, well, you should pray on it first. I said, you know what? Go ahead and pray on it. And he cut, he cut me off. He goes, I don't need to pray on it. I know you. What do you need? So now I'm sobbing, crying on the phone because what you think about yourself is not what other people see in you. So
0: true. And
1: because, yeah. And because of that thought process, um, it never dawned on me that I had built a credibility about myself over my life where people actually thought something positive about me because I was so busy beating myself down, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just crying on the phone and he's like, Sarika, don't you only have a little bit of time left? Stop crying. Tell me what you need. Let's get this done. So I'm so grateful and thankful. And I'm like, okay, so, I go and I call her on the phone and I'm like, girl, you're not gonna believe this. And she goes, You got the money. And I said, <laughs> I- I believe it. right? So, you know, we go, I go ahead and we get, you know, everything going. And I speak to the woman who's, you know, the one who's starring the book. And as soon as I hear her voice, I just know that this lady is a good person.
2: Mm-hmm
1: there was no doubt in my mind, you know, that her intentions were like mine, to help many people. Mm-hmm. You know, she felt spirit led for something and she went with it. And she knew that whoever was supposed to be in this book was going to be in this book. And unbeknownst to me, when I turned the book down, it was already written that I was supposed to be in this book. I just, you know, God will have his way. <laughs> oh, yes. You can say whatever you want to, but if it's in his will, honey, you're going to do it. Yes, <laughs> it will be done yes. and so you know she starts telling me what this book is about and she sends me these um zoom meetings and I start looking at them and I remember this lady said you know when you're writing a book about things you have to be honest 100 percent because if you're not honest about your your situation um it's what's the point so I was like, uh, after the lady told us what the book was about, you know, the la- the other lady from the Zoom meeting said, don't be safe, you know? So I was like, she gave me um just like under an hour to hurry up and get this part in of the book. So I'm literally racing time. I got less than 24 hours to not only get signed up for this book, but now I have to hurry up and write my portion of the book and I don't even know what I'm writing about, but also I need to watch these 45 minute zooms so that I can catch up to what they've been going over for months. And I'm sitting here like, you know what, God, (laughs) I'm going to need some help up in here because, um, I got four kids still. Yeah. All right. And life is not stopping here. Okay. So I'm, you know, they go, they go and they play and I'm in here with the, the headphones on, I'm fixing food and, still trying to listen and and focus in on what I'm hearing and people say there's no such thing as multitasking I I I say no (laughs) you catch what you need to catch and, and do what you know needs to be done so initially I was after you know hearing everything I was like oh you know when I was young you know really young you know I was raped as a child so I was like oh that that's a testimony that resonates with a lot of people, you know, a lot of kids are unfortunately victimized when they're young, you know, so this is, I'll just tell about that and, and get it over with. So I wrote this whole thing. I wrote it out. And I remember um, I called the lady and I was like, I did it. It was literally the eleventh hour. It was 11:59 p.m. when I got that thing into her. You hear me? And we had till midnight, 12:01. Wow. That, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh. and so I was so excited about it. And uh, I think it was two days later. She she sent me a message. She, she goes, "I'm gonna have you relook at this for me." And I'm like, "Oh boy, I must have really messed that up, grammar wise, you know." And so I was like, uh, okay, you know, and I looked at it and um, there's a certain word count you're supposed to have. And I actually used this app to count the words. And it told me that it had that many words, but it was actually counting things that weren't words.
2: Interesting. Like commas, <laughs> periods,
1: and, and so I was short, like over a hundred words based off of the different periods, commas, quotations, and things of that nature that were in there. And I was like, no so I sat here for a minute and I was like don't worry I'm on it I told her I'll take care of it I'm sitting at the table and I started getting a flash of something that I had buried really deep inside of me and I knew right then it was God and I heard very clearly stop being safe and I'm sitting here and and let me be clear I've felt the presence of the Lord. And I've, I've, you know, I know he exists because of the the landscape of my life, but I never really heard so audibly something like that. To the point where I was thinking, <laughs> what, <laughs> what's going on here? And so finally, you know, while I'm seeing, you know, the, the thing that happened and I'm just like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I said out loud, I'm not sharing that. I I'm not doing that. I told the Lord out loud. I'm not. I'm not doing that. And it's almost like this weight on you when you know you are supposed to do something, and you're being dis- disobedient, and it's not going to come off you until you do what you're supposed to do. And so, finally, you know, for some reason, I felt deep in my soul like this is not about you. is not about you. It's not about your comfort level. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the ones that you're going to save. you have to do this. And so it was the weirdest thing. I wrote this thing in under 10 minutes. Wow. Under 10 minutes. And I just submitted it. I didn't look at it. I didn't edit it. I didn't do anything with it. I called the lady first. I got ahead of myself I called her first she sent me a new app that she used for the word count I you know submitted the words into there it said 351 on there and I sent that thing out to her and I told her you know I'm really embarrassed about this story my family no one knows about this my husband nobody I've never spoke this to anybody in my life
2: Wow.
1: I said so I don't want to read it you know I honestly didn't even want to look at it again, you know, because it was that painful. Mm -hmm. And so she ended up calling me a couple days later and and it was the most silent call. She was just quiet. And she said, I couldn't even edit it. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you know, I I couldn't edit it. There was nothing wrong with it. I knew I didn't write it. I'm just going to be transparent." I knew that it was the Holy spirit that wrote that for me because I prayed before I even touched that paper to empty me of me. This needs to be all of you. Cause I don't want to tell this story. I don't want to tell this story, yeah. but if you want it told, you're going to have to be the one because I can't do it, you know? And so when she told me she couldn't edit it, I'm like, "Yeah, that's because the, the the perfect one did it. It wasn't me because if I wrote it, it was, <laughs> I you were going to fix all types of stuff in here. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You were going to have to fix that. There was going to be some <laughs> capital this and you know lowercase that. I'm telling you. And um, she just told me like it just was crazy that 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 happened like that. She was like, you know, I really appreciate you not being safe." And I told her, just like I told you, I didn't write that. I didn't write that. It is my story. It happened to me, but I did not write that story. You know what I mean? So, But the book itself is a beautiful um, culmination of different testimonies of women and the things they've gone through. We have two gentlemen on there. And a lot of people get the the misassumption that they're they're gay men because it says dear superwoman, <laughs> but they're not. They are <laughs> oh, not. they put the two together. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's funny. they are not. They are just um one gentleman actually coaches women and has this unique perspective on how, you know, he's perceived, you know, the the women that he's helped. And he's just really amazing. His name is Michael. And then there's another gentleman that came on there and he um spoke his truth about something that he went through involving his mother Mm -hmm. and how he saw a woman being treated so uh it's deeper than that but um i mean it's just such a beautiful book uh there's a woman on there her name is jimmy and she said to me one day when we were um talking she said i know this book is going to deliver many people people are going to be delivered as they read this book And I didn't understand what she meant until, you know, I started reading in in my Bible and some scriptures and I realized she meant deliverance. Like it's going to free so many people because they're going to realize that they are not the only ones who went through it and going through it doesn't mean it's the end. You know, all these people in this book are successful. Like just me being in this book alone, it has to be God because we're talking about doctors people that are well established in the world they have a a good following and these people are not me (laughs) you know what I mean and it is such a blessing for what I was just going through Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know being that I'm like I'm gonna have to raise four kids by myself and you know life is not where I want it to be at I was so close to you know all this greatness and then now it's like eh, it went straight through my fingers and God still made a way. He put me in the presence of people that I, you know, He says, "I, uh, you know, He'll He'll do it," you know, and in rooms that you couldn't even imagine. But did I think that it would be to that magnitude? Absolutely not. The woman who wrote the book, they call her um, the Bag Woman, because she makes she makes money and she knows how to coach people to make money. I mean, that is her nickname, Bag Woman, and I'm I'm on a book with her
0: oh wow that's amazing
1: and so yeah it it just blew my
0: mind how just god is real yes oh i'm gonna get this book because i'm gonna get inspired by everybody and i'm gonna yeah don't don't tell anybody what 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 it says in there And but besides, you know, the I Holy know. Spirit I wrote trying it trying to be too.
2: very <laughs>
0: But you are—you have it in you. The Holy Spirit is part of us. It's within us. We are part of. We're all connected. You know, it's this beautiful thing. Yep. So you did write this book, by the way. The Holy Spirit did write it <laughs> with, with you, because <laughs> you are—you are—we're are we're just a part of the, the 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 Almighty, the higher power, the Creator, the Creator of everything. You know, God, <laughs> Jesus. You know. <laughs> And I, yes. I'm so inspired by everything that you've done and your story. And it's just amazing. And is it sold on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles? Or-
2: it is. It is.
1: Um, we actually have a website and it's um, dearsuperwomanbook.com. We're on Lulu books as well. And uh, Amazon as well. So that's great.
0: Yeah. Yes. And the
1: and- crazy part, let me tell you, I'm sorry. I I'm mean, no, 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 no. I'm sitting there one night. This was like not even 24 hours after this book hit. And, you know, we believed that it was going to go number one. Like we were like, you know, she said she was spirit led to write the book and we're all in it. So we already, we're going to talk into existence. If it's spirit led, it's going number one. You know, we were like, it's going number one. But none of us thought that it was going to go number one in under 24 hours. It hit so fast each other on the phone. And we we're just like, Natasha just sent us a message saying the book is a bestseller. Let me call Michael. Uh, Michael, da 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 Let me, okay, I'm gonna call Melissa. You know, we just, we're all just like mind blown because we did not for one second believe that this was happening. Like it really was the coolest thing. So overnight, literally overnight, those were, that was one of my dreams. I've always wanted to be a writer. Always wanted to be a writer. I used to write poetry as a child about circumstances, you know, political, just everything around me. I just would put it into a poem. And so, this was something off the bucket list. It was just beautiful. So
0: that's absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, I know we're just about out of time. I can talk to you forever. This could be like a four-hour podcast. <laughs> And you go on and on and on. But Sarika, please tell tell the audience where they can find you and follow you.
1: Yes, I'm on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. My repeat after me's are on YouTube. Um, but I'm mostly on Facebook. So you guys can find me under sarika.gibson. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from everybody. This is so fun.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. And thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you. And I just know you're gonna be doing amazing things and I know you're going to be creating <laughs> such an impact for everyone that needs to for everyone that needs to hear your message and hear your story. You're truly an inspiration. Thank you. So thank you so much. If you're loving what you're hearing, go ahead and check out the links in the show notes. And if you're aligned to leave a five-star review, thank you.